So I'm speaking with uh, composer Marcelo Zarvis, who has done some amazing work with scores like Hollywood Land, The Good Shepherd, Sin Nombre, and The Door and the Floor being some of my absolute favorites. You can hear his recent score to The Words, which is out now. And coming up, he's reteaming with Barry Levinson for The Bay. Thanks so much for talking with me today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I know you have a very rich history in all kinds of music, but what, what specifically made you want to compose for film and television? Well, you know, I fell in love with music through film and television. Well, I would say mostly film music, you know. Um, and that's what, you know, as a kid, random thing, not exactly what you would think, but I, actually the film that marked me the most, strangely, because it's not even really a, I mean, mostly not an original score, but it was this thing, which had all the Scott Joplin music that Marvin Hamlisch did that marvelous mm -hmm. job at, you know, adapting. But from there on, there were a lot of movies in the 70s when I was a kid growing up that, like, that really marked me like everybody else. I was terrified, terrified about Jaws and, and, um, and, I don't know. There was, there was, there were these various, uh, the stuff that really I wanted to play, the music, was, you know, I was a bit to, to kind of backtrack a little bit. I started music by playing piano. And everything that I wanted to do was play movie music, you know, on the channel. So, um, so that's kind of what got me as a child. But this was just a fantasy, you know, like, you know, as a kid. And it was not that very far from, at that point, I was 10 years old. It was not very far from, you know, somebody wanting to be a policeman or an astronaut, you know. But, um, but it did stick to me, like all of those early memories. They, it really did stick to me. And, and I, I kept always just... I always paid a lot of attention to music and films. A little bit later on, I remember being very, very blown away by the scores of Blade Runner. That's already getting to the 80s. And and, uh, and then, little by little, I don't know. It was just something that was always interesting to me. But um, So I decided that I was going to come to the U.S. to study film scoring at Berkeley mm -hmm. uh, College in Boston, which I did when I was 18 years old. But when I got there... I decided that it was too soon to really focus on that. So basically, I, I had this very strong interest in film scoring, and I kept myself sort of from doing it until I was about uh, 28 or something like that, which is when I, with 10 years after I got to the United States with the idea of scoring movies, 10 years after that, I actually scored a movie. And in the meantime, what I did was that I did early composition and piano, classical piano and jazz and played all sorts of music, did albums, recording my stuff and, and was exposed to a lot of music. In the end of the day, I think in retrospect, I think that was the best training for film scoring that I could have done. What I thought at the time was that it was, it was too specific to be getting so... Uh, so um, specialized, you know, and plus I feel like in a, in a college, you know, like at Berkeley, I think what they mostly were doing was it's almost like they're training people on the technical stuff, but not in the aesthetic thing. And, and you know, I think the most important part of inspiring is the composition and and each person has a different approach and, and how they're true to themselves. So, um, so, you know, I spent all those years kind of 
without knowing, honing my, my skills as a composer, which was really what I needed. I just felt like I needed more time to, 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 to experience music and right, to, right. to study music in general. And, and, um, but sure enough, I did when I was, you know, uh, in, in, in 98, I guess it was, I got a chance to score my first little short film. And it was a beginning film called A Circle Story. And he was nominated for an Academy Award, the short in the short film category. It was a very exciting thing. And uh, it premiered in a past in Brazil, which, you know, I got a, uh, an award uh, for, for, for the music, very unusual for short films, but, you know, they did have one for that. And then it was like one thing led to the next. And it was actually quite fairly quickly after that, you know, that led me to my first feature, which was the Sally. Is American uh, uh, film and you know, and also the door in the floor and so on and so forth. <laughs> and uh, so, when you start a film and you begin to write the score, uh, what aspect of it inspires you the most? Is it the characters, the setting, the plot? What really, really speaks to you as a storyteller? I think it's it's all of the above, and very importantly, the approach of the music. You know, you usually start these things when you talk to the director and they, they have their ideas and they will say, you know, I was thinking of the score like this or it's orchestral, it's electronic, it's it's not what you think. Whatever it is, the approach is also but in addition to all of the ones that you the things that you said, mm-hmm. how is the music gonna be used, you know, is and also what kind of film it is. I mean I I've done a lot of dramas. That's probably what I've done the most. But then I've done a fair amount of comedies, a few thrillers, and and so the film itself will dictate a lot. I think, uh, to paraphrase a director that I worked with, he said that you have to listen to the film, and the film will tell you what it needs, you know, and it will spit out the music that it does not need. And I agree with that statement 100%, and I find myself more and more trying to really understand, you know, because although, of course, there's different ways that you can get there, and there's, it is a score, it is a subjective uh, art form. I mean, music is very subjective to begin with, and then, of course, how you use music in a film is, is compounded, you know, by, by the number of choices that, and, that you have. But um, but I think it's, it's really... Um, it's really listening to to what the film is, what it needs. How right. can you make it better? You know, how can you... Sometimes it could be not doing anything, you know? I mean, it, that's always, like, the big test for me when you're spotting a, a score. is like, even after you write it, there are times when you, you take out the music and say, you know what? It's better without it. And mm-hmm. so even that, in that sense, we have to listen to what the film is saying. But uh, I tend to not be a big one on character themes. And I think mostly um, I find myself more gravitating towards things that are more what I call emotional themes. So basically you have a theme that deals more with, let's say, tension. Mm-hmm. The other one could be about uh, nostalgia, or there could be, like in the word, there's a romantic falling in love to you, you know. And, but they... Not so much, oh, here is Bob's theme and that's Anne's theme. You know what I mean? It's more, in general, that's what I found in the movies that I worked with. That's what it worked the best. 
right. you know, uh, was it's it's basically you were trying to score the big, the wide gamut of emotions that might be in a film, and you know, you could be doing a comedy, and then you might have, you know, uh, um, still like some kind of a if it's a romantic comedy, you might have a romantic scene, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a character. It means it's when the romance happens, maybe mm -hmm. with multiple characters. That that tends to be more where you go. But hey, you know, the next movie could be completely different. So this is my experience tonight. Right. So with the words, uh, was just released. Uh, I really love the score to that. It was very rich uh, and very emotional. Uh, how did you approach that film, and what was your goal musically for that? Uh, I think that the, the, the tricky thing... Um, with the words was, of course, all the, the, the different timelines. You know, initially we thought that we would have score reflecting, so we would have one sort of main, you know, music for each of the different time periods. Mm -hmm. But then we found that, and, and this is, I drew from some of my experience uh, when I did Hollywood Land and, um, and The Good Shepherd, which were movies with multiple, um, uh, you know, multiple timelines as well. I mean, uh, Hollywood Land, of course, had two characters going parallel, you know, to each other, and and Good Shepherd had many, many characters that jumped back and forth 20, mm -hmm. 30 years, and and it's like the music, I think, rather than dividing it, the music works best as a bridge between the times, the time periods, you know, right, and right. so it kind of like, and that's, I think, what the approach ultimately was. We set out to do something a little bit different, we thought that the orchestral stuff was only going to be in Paris uh, for the young man. and But then, also for a practical reason, we realized once you put this big orchestral lush music in a portion of the film, once you cut out of it, if you don't have it anymore, it's like, you know, it's like taking the, the candy out of a, you know, of a kid's hand. You know, it's like, all right, the rest just doesn't feel like it's holding up. So, in the end, I think it's, Started because we knew it was a period thing for, for the young man in Paris Park. We wanted that sound, that classic, you know, sort of film sound. But in the end, that ended up permeating the rest of the film. And and so the themes, you know, we have, for instance, the theme of when Bradley Cooper's character gets married to, um, to Zoe Saldana, it's this little waltz that we do just as a piano and string quartet thing. But then we're back in, in Paris for the young man when he gets married and when he meets the woman and all that, that theme is done in a, in a much bigger way. But still, that theme works in both, in both time periods. Mm -hmm. And uh, now you're uh, coming up in a few months, you have The Bay. Uh, you're reteaming with uh, director Barry Levinson again. Um, and I feel like this is a kind of a departure for both, of, both you and Barry doing um, this, you know, very gritty found footage uh, horror film um which has gained immense popularity but uh, usually these films they don't usually have scores uh, how did music fit into the bay here well it's true you know and that was the first thing that i thought when he said he was doing it and but the thing with barry is that you know i've been through this with him now three times mm -hmm. and we did what just happened you don't know jack and and this and those three movies are so different, and the music in those three movies is so different, and the way that the music is used is so different. Mm -hmm. And this comes from Barry. You know, Barry is somebody that, listen, he doesn't have anything else to prove to anybody, Barry. You know, he's just, um, he's, 
this master filmmaker that has tackled every style. And I think it was a challenge, a challenge for him. He was like, okay, what could I do with this? In this, with this, uh, you know, constraints of found footage. And I think what the, 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 what he found is like he ended up doing it. So it comes from many, many different sources. So it's, Right. I, they 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 wanted to liberate and say, "Have you seen it? I don't know if I I don't know if you've seen any screens or of it or anything, or you just kind of saw reviews or or read about it." I I've only read I've read a couple of reviews because I know it premiered in yeah. Toronto. I don't think it comes yeah. out until November. I'll probably see it closer to that date. Yeah. So so it's uh, um, so basically what it does is that uses footage from everywhere. So it's like this event happens, and so there's footage from there's Skype, there's cell phones, there's surveillance cameras, there's some home video footage, there's a reporter that is there that is also has a camera. So he kind of took, that was the, the exercise. It's like, okay, everything needs to be coming from a believable source. Of course, you know, you know, it works in our advantage and, you know, you get to tell this whole story. But then the score is full on, it's, it's basically, okay, a filmmaker found all this footage and did it and edited it together. And the score worked in a dramatic way and it's unapologetic. There's a lot of music and it's really in your face. So basically, yeah, it's a departure for that kind of movie. And we'll see how people react, you know. I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's an interesting um, uh, it's an interesting approach, but it's very, you know, I mean, as when I knew we were going to do it, there is a great storyteller and he's, he was not going to be, he's just going to tell a story. You know what I mean? It's just, it, and the way he sees it's like, okay, if music is going to help me, we're going to do it. And he wasn't the best for me too. It's an entirely electronic score. Uh, it's very, you know, it's really, really dark and, you know, very subject matter is gruesome and the score I don't know if you can call it gruesome because it's music, but it's, you know, it's very different from anything I've done. But I feel like that's part for the course with Barry. You know, with him, every time I think at this point, he wants to invent himself as a filmmaker with everything that he does. And I think he fully expects his composer to do the same. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm really looking because the way he uses music in all of his films, and now that you have... It's very... Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, he's very, and he's the most open person. The thing I learned with Barry very early on was you can show him many things. One, you can have the wildest idea and he will sit down and listen to it. And if it works, he will use it. He doesn't have, he actually is the person that says you have to listen to the movie and will spit it out. It's Barry, you know. So, um, and, uh, yeah, he's very open, and he's very, um, um, I mean, the way he uses swords, I mean, you know, of course, Good Morning Vietnam, what can you say, you know, it's incredible to use a swords, and then, but even in the movies that we work together, I mean, he used his great Bach stuff on, like, this, his uh, Bach a cappella with his jazzy thing that he uses on You Don't Know Jack, that is fantastic, it's the weirdest thing, but it's just, like, he, he just, you know, he loves to just find something offbeat and, you, you know, he's not, he has no agenda when it comes to music. He just wants it to be great and to be fresh. Right. And and it, that comes through your music, too. And I love seeing your collaboration grow over these three films. And I 
hope it continues. I can't wait for for more. <laughs> yeah, well, so so do I. I mean, I, I that's that's one of the things that I'm proudest of is you know the work that I did with Barry. You know, when I did what just happened, I was like, oh my god, man, I can't believe I'm working with Barry Evans. And he literally, you know, the guy directed Bugsy. It's like my all-time favorite score, you know, and and he did so many the match for everything, you know, and I always felt like. I would be lucky to just do a movie with him, and I've done three, so I feel it's ecstatic. You know? Well, um, I guess to wrap up, I always like to, to ask composers, um, if you had the chance to score any movie ever made with no disrespect to the original composer, which film would you choose? Uh, Days of Heaven. Ooh, wow. Uh, Amazing. Days of Heaven. It happens to be my favorite movie, so that's probably why. Although I had no idea what I would do because it is incredible, but I just find that movie is like I, I uh, the movie itself for me. It's like it's like listening to a Beethoven symphony or something like that. It's so perfect and it's so amazing that it just that. that yeah, that's it's probably beyond, like beyond, my, my beyond favorite words. <laughs> beyond absolutely beyond words it's and. Uh, and uh, also, I should say, I don't know if, if, if uh, in terms of things that are coming up, I do have a movie coming up called One Back Down. Uh, there's some film on Fox. It's a very interesting film about teachers uh, taking on the teachers' unions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the same way we're talking about the Bayer size upcoming films, there is this film, uh, One Back Down, that is. Um, with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Viola Davis, mm-hmm. the director is Daniel Barnes, which we did obviously together. Mm, okay. And this is a very different thing, and it's it's about two two mothers taking on the school system to try to do sort of what they call a parent takeover uh, on their school because the school is failing. It's very timely because of not only the elections but also you know the fact that there's a strike going on in Chicago right now in the teachers' union, as you know, I'm sure you know. And, and, um, right, right, yeah. But, um, and it's, it's sort of like a normal way, sort of small person against the system kind of film. And, and uh, it, was, it was a very interesting experience to score. And it's sort of like this Americana, a little bit electronic Americana thing. And with very fast-moving score and all of that. It's just really, really great. Great experience. It's going to come out on Lake Shore as well in a couple weeks. This will be. Well, I cannot wait to uh, to take a listen and to be able to review yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but thank you uh, so much, Marcelo. It's been a real like door on the floor is probably one of my favorite scores of all time. It's beautiful. And um, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, in Hollywoodland too. It's just the the way you end Hollywoodland. It's it's still it's very haunting. The just the new Simo is one of my favorite tracks. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thanks. I, I really, appreciate it. really um, appreciate it. But thank you so much again, and uh, best of luck, and uh, and uh, hopefully we get to do this again sometime. Anytime. Anytime.